will never give up. We will never concede. It doesn't happen. You don't concede when there's theft involved. We have come to demand that Congress do the right thing. I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. Hello, everyone. Welcome and hopefully welcome back to the Bad Red, Bad Blue podcast. I hope you enjoyed the first inaugural episode, Control by Division. And by the time this episode comes out, the podcast should be pretty much on every major, at least, streaming podcast platform. And a lot of times those just kind of somehow magically filter out to the smaller ones. I know this because of my other podcast, Jeff Becomes Jeff. Also, feel free to check that out, a comedy podcast. Although I do talk issues and things, it's just more lighthearted than this one. Hence the reason I started this one. You're welcome. Also, I want to point out that this is being recorded on April 24th, 2023. I'm probably going to start making that reference at the beginning of every episode simply because with the production time that I put into the show, it could be three to four days of using my free time to produce it before I'm actually able to release it. So news moves really fast. News gets old really fast. So just a heads up if anything I say in this or any future episode seems outdated. Well, it's only outdated by a few days. So So just cut me some friggin' slack. So as I plan to do with just about every episode, we're going to start out with the brand new segment. Well, the second time I've done it because it's the second episode. Media Schmedia. Media Schmedia. Media Schmedia. All right, so this is a reminder or first time if you did not listen to the first episode, but I'm going to kind of go through some headlines from different media outlets since we know they're all very heavily agenda-driven, like Fox News, right-leaning, MSNBC, very left-leaning, CNN, left-leaning for the most part, but I think they do a better job than most of kind of staying a little bit more centered at times. But do not mistake me saying that as in any way thinking that they are doing the job they're supposed to as news reporters. They're still spinning a lot of shit. There's still a lot of stuff that technically could be considered propaganda. So we'll start with Fox News. So just, I'm kind of looking at like the main headline, the first one that's got the graphic at the top of the website. We have climate czar John Kerry says extreme storms caused by climate change will rip crops away and destroy homes. Is this the same old John Kerry that ran for president like a hundred years ago? Didn't even know he was still part of the government. Didn't know he was still alive. Maybe it's a different John Kerry. Maybe I should have researched that before I hit record. Also, this is, of course, you know, what you would call clickbait with essentially using a scary prediction that they have no evidence of, but they want to be relevant and they want you to click it because, oh no, it's going to rip crops away and destroy homes. If that is a long way of saying John Kerry says extreme storms and tornadoes will rip crops away and destroy homes, well, that makes sense. That's what tornadoes do. All they did was plug in climate change and remove the word tornadoes. So that's their main one. Here's another one. Bud Light marketing VP takes leave of absence. So we all know about, I assume you do, about the trans person being printed on Bud Light cans recently. And apparently the woman responsible for that decision lost her job. Let me remind you all, if you're a beer drinker, you're not actually spending money on the can. You're spending money on the fluid inside. Now, that said, I don't want politics for my brand, 
musicians. I don't want politics from artists and musicians and bands. Matter of fact, I've kind of been turned off by bands that I was a big fan of because they started to take a political stance. But back to the lady who lost her job. Fact is, all right, she fucked up. Now, I don't know that she should have lost her job over it. She's clearly a scapegoat. You know, at a place like Bud Light, there were a ton of other people involved in a decision of this magnitude. Just because it was her idea, if people got fired for having bad ideas at their jobs, there would be no workforce. That's why we have meetings, committees, teams, and executives to basically say, no, I'm above you. I'm putting my foot down, even if this is the best idea in the world, because that's also what happens a lot. People have the greatest idea would probably be the biggest thing from a revenue growth perspective for their business, but it gets shot down because maybe people don't have the guts to do it. That's kind of where this whole thing with the trans can, that's not easy to say. It could have made her a hero. It clearly has now made her a zero. Jobless, zero. Now, I didn't buy any of the trans cans, Bud Light cans, but that's also because I don't drink Bud Light. I personally think it's too sweet. It tastes like beer-soaked cotton candy and gives me a headache the next morning. So I don't care either way. Just letting you know, that VP lady, she was can. Oh, wow. That was actually a pun, and I didn't realize it. Accidental pun. Yay. All right, let's move on to MSNBC. Okay, this kind of, I was like, holy crap, because this would have been earlier today, like early afternoon. Again, April 24th, a Monday. And the top headline is Tucker Carlson parts ways with Fox News just days after Dominion settlement. That was news to me. And I understand why it was the top headline on MSNBC's website. So apparently on Friday, his last broadcast, he concluded it with, we'll see you on Monday or we'll be back on Monday. Also want to point out that right now there is zero evidence that this has anything to do with the almost $800 million settlement that Fox News just paid out to the Dominion voting machines defamation lawsuit. And yeah, that's a big deal. It's pretty much an admission of guilt when you give someone almost $800 million to settle. That means I know you got so much more that you can publicly put out and completely ruin our reputation or maybe destroy our entire business. want to point out in this Tucker Carlson article buried in the very last paragraph was that Don Lemon, the 17-year host on CNN, was also fired today. Now, it's not clear that Tucker Carlson was fired. No one knows. It just parted ways. They want to thank him for his years of service as a host and a contributor. It's exactly what CNN said about Don Lemon. I don't know. That kind of seems odd that those two people just disappeared from their jobs in the same day. Not only that, but like in the span of a few hours, the announcement was made. Matter of fact, this morning, apparently Fox News was advertising an interview Tucker Carlson was going to have with a potential Republican nominee. So even this morning, Fox News did not know this was going down. So that would actually lead me to believe that Tucker Carlson left because if Fox News was making the decision, they wouldn't have done those promos. Unless, of course, they were being deceitful just to keep us, you know, all calm and not questioning things. Does that sound familiar? So, of course, that was the first headline on MSNBC. I didn't really dig into MSNBC too much on this episode because I dug into them a lot, and I'm trying to be equitable in my loathing for all media, all politicians. So lastly, let's look at CNN. Here's a shocker. First headline, Tucker Carlson is out at Fox News. One 
the second headlines, Don Lemon and CNN part ways. Here's one I found interesting. As a young Senate candidate, Biden criticized opponents' age. So he was trying to get elected as a, I think, the youngest senator in his state at the time. And he was making comments in his campaign about how the 63-year-old opponent had lost the old twinkle in his eye. Meanwhile, at 63, that guy was still 17 years younger than Biden is right now. And let's be clear, Biden has not only lost the twinkle in his eye, but it's quite possible he's lost the beat in his heart. No, of course, I died a conspiracy theorist. I don't think he's dead, but he doesn't look too far off. He is definitely not mentally fit to be in any governmental position. He's only there because he was the guy, the only guy they thought could beat Trump, especially after they thought for sure Hillary could do it. So there you go. That's media schmedia for this episode. Let's go ahead and jump into our topic, independence, the silent majority. So we're going to break down. We're going to talk about independence in America, whether from voters, whether from government officials. We're going to look at other governments around the world and see how independents are involved in those governments for the better or worse. But first, let's just start out with the current representation of independence. That's with a TS, not CE at the end, in America right now. As of March 2023, Gallup poll, 25% of Americans consider themselves Republican, 25% Democrat, and 49% Independent. Apparently, 1% didn't understand the question. Okay, actually, what happened is it was probably more like 25.2, 25.3. There were probably decimals in there, they rounded each way and it ended up shaving one percentage point off of the hundred total percentage. Wow, I'm really on a tangent of over explaining, but that's probably why that happened. Now, those 49% that say they consider themselves independent, that's not quite the majority of Americans, but pretty damn close and pretty much double the amount of people that say they're Republican or Democrat. So, that said, how is it that there is zero, zero independent? Independent representation in Congress, in our federal government. Also, no independent representation when it comes to issues, ideologies, media outlets. Well, until now, you're welcome. But the current breakdown of Congress is 222 Republicans, 213 Democrats, zero independents, and zero seats vacated. So that's where we stand right now. Let's look at the history of independence in America. And again, remember, at no time, I don't think, in this podcast will I use the word independent independence like Independence Day. This is independence as in a group of people. Once again, over explaining stuff. So there have only been two presidents in America in our history that were not Republican or Democrat. One was Millard Fillmore, who? The 13th president, and he was a member of the Whig Party. So the Whig Party wasn't really independent because it was an actual party that was trying to counter the hardcore Democratic Party, and they were trying to bring in people who had been Republican that weren't caring for what the Republican Party was doing now. Some of the Democrats who didn't care how far the Democratic Party was going, they were trying to build this third party. Yeah, it was independent, but it was still very much a party, and not the type with kegs and red solo cups. So I said there had been two independent presidents. I'm counting Millard Fillmore, despite not really being independent. There's really only been one independent president ever in the history of America. Drum roll, please. 
That would be George Washington. And also a nerdy side note, George Washington was not actually the first president of the United States. What? He was 10th. He was just the first to be elected by a vote of the people. The rest of them had just been assigned to the role by Congress. The fifth president was actually John Hancock. You know that name. And he was there several years before Washington was. So basically, in over 200 years, the United States has been controlled by either the left or the right, with Fillard, with Millard Fillmore being the one exception. That's not exactly promising or a sign of progress or change. And it reiterates how the two parties have basically ran our country since its conception. Of course, Washington was independent. Parties were only getting off the ground. They didn't really exist. At the time, they were probably more like factions. But I want to be clear that you know, I'm not just going to talk about presidents. And let's be real. Presidents don't really run the country. Congress does. Kind of like having a shipping and receiving warehouse. The manager is not responsible for any of the shipping, any of the receiving, the accounting, invoicing, human resources. They're just the manager. They're there to take the blame when shit goes wrong, and they're there to take the credit when shit goes right. So, as promised, let's take a look at the involvement of independence in governments and parliaments around the world. Because there are plenty of other countries that have or have had plenty of independent representation, even at the level of president. Let's look at North Korea. I mean, that's obvious. Clearly, they don't have independence. I mean, North Korea is like just a prison state. No one is allowed to have free speech. That would be false. Actually, most of their local electoral systems are made up almost solely of independent candidates. In fact, independents in North Korea are even allowed to campaign for a seat in parliament. That's crazy talk. Let's look at China, you know, the communist country of China. No one is allowed to have free thought or expression. More than half of Hong Kong's legislative council is independent. Meanwhile, us, Congress, zero. Way to go, USA. In Bulgaria, the president is an independent. Here's a fun one. I like this one. In Estonia, I know where. Who cares? Maybe you don't hear about these places because they're not constantly involved in turmoil and conflict. They're not the center of media conversation around the world because, well, they're constantly messed up and creating stories. But in Estonia, any elected president is forced to retire from any party affiliation. That actually makes a lot of sense. If you're going to be president, you can know no longer call yourself this or that. I may have to do a deeper dive on Estonia in a future episode, maybe that whole episode, is about the Estonian government, crime rates, their deficit, their budget, their cost of living, value of living. For all I know, it's like downtown Chicago. You know, a shithole. And I apologize to the Chicagoan people, not trying to offend your city. You just need to get your city to stop offending everyone else. Then we'll talk. Just like Bulgaria in Iceland, the president is independent. Italy has had had multiple independent prime ministers as well as two presidents all since 1999. Kosovo either has or has had, they didn't really spell out the timeline, but not only an independent president, but a female independent president. In Russia, well, you know, geez, those guys, they don't put up with anything. Well, actually, every Russian president since the dissolution of the USSR have been independent. All of them.
Australia, which actually seems like a really cool place to live, other than all of the six-foot deadly spiders, kangaroos, scorpions, you know, all the things that want to kill you. But in Australia, they have significant independent representation on both federal and state levels. Finally, New Zealand, the neighbor to Australia and home of Flight of the Concords, also I believe where a lot of the Lord of the Rings films were filmed. That was repetitive. But in New Zealand, they originally had no designated political parties until the late 1800s. That wasn't that long ago. Just over 100 years. And since then, there have been very few independents elected. It has become very dedicated to the parties. And this is a perfect example of how the party system can ruin common sense and truly progressive and independent thoughts. Now, I'm not saying New Zealand seems like a bad place to live. I'm just saying governmentally, they probably would have been better off without instituting the parties in the first place. But as you can see, it turns out we're not as progressive as we thought. We think the United States is just so special and all-inclusive, but we've gotten so focused on being inclusive of skin color, religion, age, sexuality, that we stopped being inclusive of ideas and leadership. There is no inclusivity or equity or diversity from a party stance in our government. Zero. I told you. Zero. Of course, we know Obama ran for president originally on a one word and quite genius slogan change that's it one word change now let's be clear he was talking change from a governmental perspective in his speeches and his campaigns but we also kind of all know that it really meant to the american people a change of mindset by electing a black president okay well not technically black half black more like a french vanilla latte and even that was still okay for the african-american community because it still felt like progress and change and it was and for the most part, even on the governmental changes that he campaigned on, unlike most presidents, he really delivered. And he was amazing at compromising. I discussed this on the last episode. Way better than Trump or Biden. Probably better than them combined on delivering on campaign promises and getting both sides of the aisle to compromise to get something done. However, Obama was still a Democrat. If he had ran as an independent, you would not remember the name Barack Obama. He would have basically never been in a debate, definitely wouldn't have been president, but as a Democrat in office, and remember, with very little power because he's just the president, he's the manager of the shipping and receiving warehouse, he was still beholden to getting things done based on a two-party system. Basically, option A or option B. Occasionally, option C. That would be the compromise. So, you as the voter, or the customer of the government, I guess, for this next analogy, but you only have those three options. A, B, C. It would be like going into a new fast food restaurant, and the menu only has three items on it, and they're all sides. They have french fries, onion rings, and fried pickles. Now, none of them are good for you, but at times you do love them, or at least one of the items. They don't have any drinks, they don't have any sauces, they don't have any entrees, just fries, rings, and pickles. How often would you visit this establishment? Gonna guess the answer would be never. Because we as an American people, we need more choices. We are too diverse individually to just fall into one bucket or the other. When you are part of a party, even worse, when you shout out from the rooftops, i.e. social media, about how shitty the other party is, whether it's their media outlet or whether it's their politicians, or how great your politicians and media outlets are, you are embracing being a part of a 50-50 bucket. You are conceding to having zero individual thought, zero individual personality, feelings, ideologies. 
is that really what you think about yourself? Gonna guess no. But going back to Obama, I mean, ever since him, in my opinion, the country has been reverting at a rapid rate of acceleration. Now, Trump didn't help by being childish and stoking a militant mindset for social opinions and ideologies. For example, the last line of my dad's obituary, not my doing, in August of 2020 was, in lieu of flowers, vote for Trump. Now, I may be paraphrasing, but I'm pretty sure I have it right. Even in the hospital, in the ICU, before things took a bad turn and he was still conversational, he would sometimes joke with me that if anything happened where he didn't make it, I was forbidden from allowing him to be considered a COVID statistic. How, what, what, I have power over hospital records? And actually, that's the main reason why when I had to have them turn his machines off and they asked me if I wanted to have an autopsy done, I said no, because I was afraid they would somehow link it back to COVID and I would have ruined his last wishes. But think about it. That's pretty crazy that some guy in the hospital, thinking that death may be a possibility, is worried about political bullshit. But fact is, he wasn't any different than a lot of other citizens. Most of them. You've all gotten so comfy in the bucket that you forgot you're allowed to get out of the bucket. Sometimes you're allowed to hang out in the other bucket. Guess what? There's a big sandbox outside of both buckets. Maybe you should play there. But a lot of that Trump rhetoric and the just diehard people for Trump, which originally they didn't want him to be the nominee, but he started to grow on him like a fungus, and then they embraced him in a way that could not have been expected. Even as arrogant and braggadocious as Trump is, I don't think he even saw it coming remotely close to what happened. But he liked it, and then when he saw, oh, there's a spark, it was like on Survivor, oh shit, I gotta get more tender, I gotta blow on it, I gotta keep this thing going. But Biden, we know Biden only ran because the Dems thought he was the only one who could beat Trump. And they were right. But that was more regression for the country. Didn't take us forward. It's just now a game of chess to figure out which political party owns the majority or the power. That is not how our government is supposed to be run. Now, I'm going to guess that even though Joe Biden clearly wasn't sharp as a tack by the time he was running, I don't think the people around him or his party quite understood how fast his mental decline would happen following his election. And it helped that they were able to kind of keep him off the campaign trail, off of TV, off of debate stages for pretty much the entire campaign because of COVID. I want to say there were supposed to be three debates between Biden and Trump and only one actually happened. That's not good. We as the American people had a government shut everything down where you were dependent solely on media to any access to the outside world in the year coming to an election for the re-election of a president that a lot of people really didn't like. And all we got was one debate. No independent representation. We all just sit there like a bunch of chumps. Okay, I guess I can't go outside. Guess I'll vote for this guy. And no, I'm not being a conspiracy theorist talking about COVID like that. Just pointing out possibilities, common sense, if you think about it. And, you know, while I'm on that topic, because I'm sitting here thinking, well, most people don't want to hear common sense. Well, they want to hear it, but only if it's their common sense. Otherwise, it's nonsense. That's how we've become. But my mom listened to the first episode and sent me a text and just really loved it, thought it was a good representation. And I will tell you, my mom is pretty Republican conservative. She's not extreme, 
but she's definitely very strongly rooted in her patriotism and her belief in a lot of the core tenets of the conservative party because that's what she knows that's how she was raised she was married to my dad and my stepdad who are both conservative republicans my stepdad pretty hardcore not extremist but way more rooted than my mom is and i'm not saying that's a bad thing he's no different than most of americans today and that was the way he was raised he's also a former marine who fought in vietnam came back to america and became a firefighter and a med flight ems he had been through and seen a lot a lot of shit that most of us couldn't even imagine a percentage of and he had fought for our right to be able to think and say and vote however we want which means he definitely has a right to think and speak and vote however he wants. Bob was a good man, an American hero, and he is missed. All right, so let me get off these sappy topics. Dead dad, dead stepdad. Do you have any more uplifting things to talk about, Jeff? Okay, yes, I'm getting back to how the country is reverting. So I talked about Trump being toxic, talked about Biden being just not capable, but only there because he was still painted like the queen on the chessboard. But going back to Trump really quick, let's not forget that he's not really a Republican. Now, I also wouldn't call him an independent in any way. He is what we we call a bandwagon jumper. His affiliation to any party seems to change almost as frequently as a tampon. Let's look at some of his history, shall we? He was registered Republican in 1987. In 1999, he changed to the Independence Party of New York. In 2001, two years later, changed to Democrat. 2009, changed back to Republican. 2011, changed to no party affiliation. 2012, returned to Republican. He has been changing his affiliation to gain favor as a businessman, knowing that governmental influence is hugely important to success. It was our government and policies that made Trump a rich man, and then wanted to call him a crook for using the system they had created. Yeah, what he did was shady, but it also showed intelligence in recognizing how his affiliation helped his ventures at any given time in the modern state of society. He was like the pawn on the chessboard that for some reason you couldn't fucking catch. It is not possible, at least I don't think so, I'm trying to think of the logic, but I don't think it's possible for a pawn to cause checkmate in a game of chess. Yet somehow, that's what Trump did. He became the pawn that said checkmate. You know, even more so to his Democratic ties that he had, he actually donated $100,000 to the Clinton Foundation just a matter of years before he would run against Hillary. It actually was such a big donation, it put him in the top 0.2% of donors for the Clinton Foundation. But at the time, he knew it would help him. Is that fucked up? Not really. People are doing it all the time. It is the system. If you're doing your taxes, which you recently did, and they offered you a deductible to keep your taxes lower or to get you money back, are you just going to say, no, that's okay. How do I opt out of this? I want to make sure the government gets every penny. Of course you didn't do that. And at the level of income of someone like Trump, there are loopholes we couldn't even dream of. Loopholes created by the government. If you don't like the rules, don't hate the player. So how do independents step up? I'm sitting here bitching about independent representation or people who say, uh, you know, half the nation. I'm independent. Are you? I don't see you voting that way. I don't see you taking a stand against that, against your representation in office. See you taking a stand on every other little issue. 
well, not a stand. You post stuff on social media. You don't really care. But let me point out, it's not that easy to actually even try to be a representative as an independent. I recently thought that I could possibly run for House of Representatives in my area as an independent to practice what I preach and realized very quickly it was an uphill battle. First off, if you register as independent, at least in Ohio, you lose voting rights. That's right, you're not allowed to vote in any primary, so you can't decide what two assholes are going to be pitted against each other, or even vote for one of those assholes. You are screwed. You lose voting rights. Well, now, if there were independents to primary, you would have rights. That's not going to happen. But back to me running for the House of Representatives in Ohio, I looked it up. Okay, let's look at the requirements, okay? $85 filing fee. That's cheap. I mean, for this type of thing, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be on a ballot to get six figures and work for the government. I mean, that's not even working at all. 85 bucks? Hell yes. It's like taking five people to McDonald's. All right, here's what else you need. A petition with signatures. Form 2F for major parties. 3G for independent. Why isn't there just one form? Why is there a whole separate form just for the independents? Oh, here's why. Because for the signatures, a major party candidate, red or blue, they need 50 signatures. 85 bucks, 50 signatures. There you go. In independent on their 3G form, they need signatures of at least 1% of voters votes cast in the last election. So in my area in November 2022, the election in my county, there were 67,347 votes cast. That would mean I would need 674 signatures. That's 624 signatures more than a potential Republican or Democrat would need simply because of how they're registered. That's fucked up. Are you starting to see how the system is rigged for a two-party system and to keep the independents out? Additionally, there are campaign finance laws designed to benefit Republicans and Democrats and hold back independents. So back to the presidency, there are three rules from the CPD, the Commission on Presidential Debates, to allow participation. So this is why we don't see independents in debates. Three rules. Pretty basic, right? You want to be on the public forum, be able to talk to the people, be an American citizen that is allowed to run for president and speak your mind. Oh, wait, that's not good for media ratings. Here's three rules to fix that. So the first rule, if you want to be on the debate stage with Trump and Biden, God, I cringe every time I say that. First, be constitutionally eligible to serve. Duh. Okay, really? Does that even need to be in there? The second rule, appear on a significant number of state ballots to have a mathematical chance of winning. Well, how is the math done without the debate and the sharing of ideas in a fair and public forum? Okay, not fair. I've seen the debates. But still, that is not math. That's prediction. And unless your last name is Nostradamus, well, I don't care. Also, if we're just going to go that route, why aren't these rules just applied to the Republican and Democratic nominees for the general election? If we're going to let math and stats make decisions, why do we even need to vote? If a Republican or Democratic candidate doesn't have a mathematical chance to win, why are we even having the election? Because that's why we're keeping people off the stage. Finally, the third rule of the CPD is that the person have a level of support of at least 15% of the electorate, as determined by five national public opinion polling organizations. Jeez, 
Is my pop filter working? First off, the term local neighborhood abortion clinic and gun shop has a better ring than public opinion polling organization. Bad enough that they started with math, stats, trend lines. Now they're resorting to polling as the third criteria. Let's be honest. First line of criteria, constitutionally available or legal or whatever. That's obvious. So the polling actually makes up about 50% of the criteria. We all know how polling works. Hillary was easily supposed to defeat Donald Trump based on the polls. Yeah, that didn't happen. So finally, let's look at some recent developments by celebrities and politicians in regard to maybe moving into a more independent direction. Now, I'm not saying I would support any of these groups I discuss, because affiliating with a new party like the Whig Party, it's just as bad as affiliating with a current one. A true independent has no affiliation, but just common sense and awareness of their local conditions, with maybe a general understanding of the state and national news. Global news, global awareness, that is wholly unnecessary. But media, and especially social media, have made us think that, oh, this is so important, we need to know about this, because it's at our fingertips. Is anything in Ukraine, well, I was going to say, is it affecting you? Of course it is, because we've sent over $100 billion to them of your money. Other than that, is it affecting you? Why do you need to know? All right, so let's look at the forward party. They consider themselves centrist. They were founded in 2021 by Andrew Yang, a former Democratic nominee in the last election in the primaries, and he was joined by other centrist bipartisan members, some Democrats, some Republicans, some independent, and they are currently trying to get ballot access in all states by 2024. That's cutting it close for the election, but it also shows how hard it is for these current sitting governmental bodies to even gain ballot access for a new party. Shouldn't it be easier than that? I can get a domain name in like, I don't know, 47 seconds on GoDaddy.com. Free plug, GoDaddy, you owe me some coin. And the forward party's goals are the reduction of political polarization and electoral reforms. I like all of that. I'm in. But, again, if successful, they're still a party and will eventually become equally as corrupt as the current ones. Now, that said, if I ever pursued running for House of Representatives, I would gladly jump on the forward party affiliation because just like Trump, I know that you have to do what it takes to win. One other thing I found when searching on Google for independent stuff is a website, UniteAmerica.com. Not endorsing them, I didn't research them yet, but it is good to see that someone is spending a little money and time on the cause. I saw something else recently with a celebrity, and I don't remember what it was, but it was, again, kind of in the sandbox, not in the buckets, the two little red and blue buckets in the sandbox. And boy, have I been trying to figure out who that celebrity was. I think it was Matthew McConaughey. Could be wrong. But if I remember, I will let you guys know because it looked very interesting and very much along the lines of what I'm talking about. So I'm going to wrap up, but just want to remind you, if you're independent, demand representation. That's 49% of you. If the poll is correct, which of course it's not because it's a poll. If you are Republican or Democrat, you're most likely not like an extremist in that party. And guessing you would rather live in a centrist's world, kind of like the world we lived in when Obama was president. I never thought I would say this, but go online and watch some recent Bill Maher 
clips from his show. He was the guy who used to be kind of the voice of extreme liberal ideologies, but he now sounds incredibly centrist and seems to be repulsed by both sides of the aisle. Kudos to Bill Maher. I've heard many of his clips in recent weeks. I agree with all of them. 15 years ago, didn't feel the same way about Bill Maher. Again, thank you everyone for listening to Bad Red, Bad Blue. I'm going to try and keep the episodes coming about every two weeks at the most. Remember to follow me on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Bad Red, Bad Blue. If you disagree with anything I say, go out there and tell me kindly, conversationally, not yelling at me and calling me names. If you have an idea for a topic, let me know. would love to find a way to equally shame government and media on any topic. Until we speak again, be kind, be caring, be understanding, and most importantly, be awake. Bad red, bad blue.